Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. What is a task analysis? Uh, We can use a task analysis to break down larger, more complex skills into smaller steps or actions to make them more manageable for our learners. So in our business, we use a project management system. Now, getting this podcast to you and getting our blog posts out has a lot of steps. We have to record the content. Someone has to edit the content. It has to be published and posted and, and promoted. And we want that to be consistent. So we basically use a task analysis that goes into our project management system so that anyone on our team will do the same steps so that our content looks consistent. And that task analysis really helps keep it consistent. So we use task analyses in ABA as well uh, to break down bigger, more complex tasks into smaller steps to make it more manageable for our learners. So an example of a task analysis would be something like hand washing. So hand washing is a larger step, and we want to break that down into smaller steps. Because if I just said to one of my staff, hey, go teach this kid how to wash his hands, you know, you could try, um, but you've got one person who may, you know, teach turning on the water first and wetting your hands first and then pumping soap. And another person may pump the soap first and then turn on the taps and then wash the soap off. So there's different steps um, that people do slightly differently. You know, I have conversations all the time, believe it or not, about showering and how do you shower? And, uh, you know, some people are very, very, very thorough with their shower every single time. And some people are like, you know, I get in, I get out. I I splash myself with water and make sure I get my armpits so they don't stink. Um, Some people go from top to bottom. Some people go from bottom to top. Some people soak themselves before they shampoo. Other people shampoo themselves first. So having a task analysis is something that can keep everyone consistent. Um, And if you're teaching a learner how to do specific things, you want to make sure that you're teaching that in the same sequence every single time so that they don't get confused. And more importantly, they don't miss any steps. And so people often get like overwhelmed by the concept of a task analysis. And one of the most common questions we get 
is about teaching life skills and teaching social skills. And the reason that those people find them so overwhelming is because they're so detailed and they're so different for everybody. And how do you teach the same life skills to from, to two different people, the same social skill? But essentially, a lot of the skills that we do in our life and in our social lives are task analyses. And that just means it's a sequence or a chain of behaviors that lead to a certain outcome. So if we look at any social skill or life skill and just take that chain and try to teach that chain by breaking it down to smaller steps and put it in a task analysis and there's your life skills program. Okay. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Um, But seriously, how do you create a task analysis when you don't have one already? So let's take hand washing, for instance. Um, What I'm going to do is I'm going to be asking parents probably first and foremost, I'm going to observe how my learner washes his or her hands to start. And they may not wash their hands at all. So I've got no starting point. Or maybe they do go through a few of the steps and we can just clean those steps up. And I would put those steps into a task analysis. Why would I change the steps if my learner already has? half of those steps. Um, Then I'm going to ask parents how they wash their hands or observe them washing their hands. You know, the same would go for other task analyses too. Hey, parents, how do you do it? Or how do you do it with your kiddo? Um, Because I want to teach them the way that they're being taught at home. So that's the way I would do it. Um, If I don't have caregivers around, if I, you know, if my learner is starting from ground zero, then I would actually have my staff come up with a task analysis based on what they do. So you go wash your hands and tell me how you've done it. And then let's write those tests or write those steps down on a piece of paper. Um, sometimes task analyses can get really complex. Like, okay, first I'm going to take, you know, the right hand tap, which is also the cold water, and I'm going to turn it to 45 degrees. And then I'm going to take the left tap and turn it to, forget it. You want to break something down into smaller components, but if you have 45 steps, it's way too overwhelming. Write out the basics. And then if you need to break that step down a little bit further, break that that step down a little bit further. Like it could just be as simple as turn on the cold water, stick your hands under the tap for the count of three, pump the soap once, rub your hands together for the count of five or count backwards from five, five, four, three, two, one, because then you always end at zero. Um, So it can be very simple. And then if you need it to break it down more, then you break certain steps down more. So the way that you choose whether you're using a task analysis for a certain scale is really when the skill is focused on independence. So there are a lot of daily living skills where the goal is independence, such as like taking a shower, getting dressed, brushing your teeth, cooking, lots of different chores. Um, It could also be used for morning routines. I know we use them a lot with kids entry routines and exit routines to school. Um, And you would use something like a forward chaining or backward chaining for that. Um, It could also be used for desensitization. So we might use it to break down the steps to teach someone to tolerate getting a haircut, tolerate going to the dentist, because that's a really big skill. You know, just expecting them to be able to like get their teeth cleaned um, is too big. So we break it down and we start with the smallest possible step up first um, and build them up successfully from there. So Shira talked about forward chaining versus backward chaining and all of that kind of stuff. So how do you teach a task analysis is really what the question is. Uh, so you've got this task analysis, you've, you've written it down, it looks pretty, your staff do it, you know, it's consistent, someone 
follows it, they can do it. What next? How do you teach this? Um, there's different ways of teaching it. And probably some of you have learned all about chaining and other people are going chaining. Well, is that like putting together chains and links? And what, what does that look like? Um, really, there's a few types of chaining. Um, we talk about forward chaining, there's backward chaining, and then there's something called total task presentation. So what are all of these? And what is the best way to teach? Um, so the best way to teach is always going to be dependent on your learner. What does your learner learn? How does your learner learn best? Um, but let's look at forward chaining, for instance. So if you've got your task analyses and you're going to forward chain something, you're going to teach the first step first. So for instance, hand washing, keep going back to hand washing. All I'm going to do is teach my learner to turn on the tap. That's it. Turn on the tap. Great. I turn off the tap. Learner turns it on again, on, on, on. That's all they're doing is turning on the tap. Once they have that step down, then they're going to turn on the tap and stick their hands underneath the tap. Turn the tap on, stick their hands underneath. And you're just going to go systematically through all those steps until you get to the end. Um, and then there's something called backward chaining. Backward chaining is actually where you do the opposite. So you don't go through any of the steps except for the very last one. So the very last step maybe is dry your hands on a towel, right? So it's just literally you, you wet your learner's hands and they have to dry their hands on a towel. That's it. Practice drying on a towel. Practice drying on a towel. Practice drying on a towel. If they need that broken down, you can break down steps of drying on a towel more if you have to. Um, otherwise, you know, they learn how to dry on a towel and then it would literally be they turn off the tap, they dry their hands on a towel, turn off the tap, dry their hands on a towel. Then the last three steps, then the last four steps. That's all backward chaining is. Now, we typically, when we teach, we typically do something called total task presentation, and then we pull out some steps. So what's total task presentation? Usually what we'll do is we'll go through the entire steps of a task analysis with our learner, and then we'll fade ourselves back towards the end, or we will fade ourselves back on the steps that they're more independent with. So we'll go through all with total task presentation. We'll go through all of the steps of a task analysis. We'll teach our learner all of the steps at once of hand washing, and then, you know, we'll fade ourselves towards the end. So at the end, you know, they're drying their hands on the towel, and then they're turning off the tap all by themselves. If you look at the research, the research shows that when you're teaching a life skill, the most effective way would be to do a total task presentation with backward chaining. So you're combining two approaches. Um, and the reason for that is because if you're going through the entire presentation, every time, sometimes you get learning for free. So maybe you haven't taught, you know, sticking your hands under the tap or pumping soap, but because you're doing it over and over again, even though it's prompted, your learner learns that. And I think that's amazing. They're basically learning for free. Um, so that is all the steps. So forward chaining, backward chaining, total task presentation or total task presentation combined with backward chaining. Um, sometimes we do forward chaining. Uh, Shira mentioned desensitization to things, right? So, you know, I want to have a gentle exposure to getting my hair cut or a gentle exposure to the dentist. You know, I can't do the last step first of that. That would suck. So you'd have to do the first step. And the first step is, you know, for hair cutting, for instance, it might be just, you know, tolerating the presence of all of the hair cutting things in close proximity, or maybe then it's tolerating the cape going around your neck. And that would be it. So that those are things that you want to forward chain. So we do have a blog post on chaining. We'll link it here, but definitely go check that out. 
Um, the other important thing to remember is that when you're prompting through a task analysis, which you'll need to prompt through because the expectation is not that they know all the steps independently, you're getting them towards independence. It's really important that that prompting be as non-verbal as possible. So if we're helping somebody with washing their hands, we'll be behind them, um, maybe guiding them as needed, but all non-verbally. Um, you don't want to be in their line of vision. You don't want to be talking them through it because those are prompts that are really hard to fade. And your goal with a task analysis is independent. So if you're a part of that sequence and you're in that chain saying, go to the next step, go to the next step, go to the next step, you're never going to fade yourself out of that. So think about prompts that are nonverbal. That could be a visual prompt, a text prompt, even a gesture if completely necessary pointing to that. But think about a prompt you can use that will build independence and not dependence on a person. And that's so much a challenge for a lot of the kids that we see is morning routines are not working for them and nighttime routines are not working and they're not, they can't shower by themselves. And that's because they needed a person to guide them through it. And taking that person out of it requires a lot of independence. Um, and this is what we're working on with the task analysis. And that's huge. When you're prompting, the last thing you want to do is embed yourself in the teaching interaction because then they will always need an adult to get through it. And if you're teaching an independent task, you can't have an adult there. That's just not the definition of an independent task. Um, I had a learner one time who just would sit on the toilet and would not get off the toilet, wouldn't flush the toilet, wouldn't get on with life. Um, and I watched you two and a half, I think, and she was toilet trained within a few days. So I was, you know, watching the routine. And what I noticed was that mom would step in all the time as soon as she was done in the toilet and she would say, okay, time to get off the toilet. Okay. Time to flush the toilet. Okay. Go wash your hands. And this learner was waiting for the next step. And it wasn't until she was about three and a half that we were finally able to fade that out. It took an entire year. I mean, she was also young, but it took an entire year before we were able to fade mom out of that teaching interaction. She was so prompt dependent. Um, so what do we do in those situations? Um, a lot of the times we use visuals. Right. So we'll have visuals up, you know, right in eyesight of the toilet so that it says, you know, get off the toilet. And the visual at that point in time leads, you know, the student to get off the toilet. Um, you know, in this particular case, mom had to walk in. She was already saying, get off the toilet. So she just pointed to the visual and said, get off the toilet, get off the toilet. And then we faded her voice and she just non-verbally prompted the point, like pointed to the visual of get off the toilet. And then I think we used a laser pointer and the laser pointer went to the visual of get off the toilet until finally she was getting off the toilet with just the visual itself. And that's how long that took to fade. But if mom, and I'm not blaming mom at all, but if someone wouldn't have said get off the toilet right from the get go and would have just, you know, maybe like a, a, a nice light touch on the shoulder, you know, or a visual right from the get go, it wouldn't have taken that long to get that independence. So while we encourage individualizing these task analyses and they're going to look different for every learner and for every sequence that they're involved in, we did create a bunch of examples that you can edit. So if you're looking for samples of what a task analysis can look like for different activities, for chores, for life skills, for any one of those things, we've created a, like a, over 50 editable task analyses for you to help you teach life skills. And that is in our e-store. And I find that so great because, like Shira said, they're editable. 
So nothing should ever be just printed out and, you know, this is the same for every individual. Look at what they're already doing. Talk to their caregivers. Do it yourself. You know, edit them slightly. But it's really nice to have that starting point. I know sometimes if I'm given a task analysis that's blank, which is exactly what we're going to give you in this, you know, in this uh, podcast is we're going to give you a blank task analysis, which is great. But if you really want to like, okay, I, I need a starting point here. Um, like I said, we've done this a million times before. So we're giving you our library of task analyses that you can edit yourselves. Um, so go check that out as well. Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com. And make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.